listening to Rumination Thursday Law and Gospel on the last day of March, March the 31st in the year of our Lord, 2022. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and with me on the line is Wes Reimnitz, my co-host. How you doing, Wes? I'm doing fine. It's hard to believe we're already just about through three months of the year. Yes. In fact, uh, I was just telling the four congregations I was at yesterday that we only have one more Lenten service, and we're into Palm Sunday. Yeah. So Isn't that something? Easter's going to be here pretty fast. And, of Very course, quick. one of the things that we're talking about are how the world regards us. And you sent me a very interesting article. It's entitled, Episcopal Bishop Curry says more to do as poll shows Christians viewed as hypocrites. So this is a poll done by the Episcopalian Church, and they illustrate a disconnect between how Christians and then non-Christians view Christianity in the United States. And so if you ask a a question to a Christian, how to describe Christians, what are the answers that you will likely hear? Well, of course, that they're giving, they're compassionate, they're loving, they're respectful. And if you ask a non-Christian, what will you hear about Christians? Hypocritical judgmental, self-righteous. And in fact, it says non-Christians are also far more likely to say Christians do not represent the teachings of Jesus. So this presiding bishop of the Episcopal Church says there is a disconnect between the reality of Jesus and the perceived reality of Christians, and he wants to open a conversation and dialogue. And you know what he says? Christians need to learn to listen because we're not listening to the world, how they're thinking of us, and we have to change how we appear to them. And that makes me wonder, what do they mean by we got to listen to them? Do we do we have to what open up in some some respects? Like you know, I I put up that uh, dividing line on a sheet of paper of man and God, and when we listen to the non-believer, are we saying that there are multiple ways to go to heaven versus the Christian saying that there is one way, and that's Jesus? Yes, there is that absolute distinction. In fact, they have a number of poll findings and methodology asking whether or not you indicate Christians are humble or honest or compassionate or giving or sharing and unforgiving, respectful, unfaithful, impatient, selfish, disrespectful, arrogant, self-righteous, What really surprised me is how many Christians don't consider Christians 
to be humble, honest, compassionate, etc. In fact, only 4% consider Christians to be reliable uh, in the Roman Catholic Church. And hmm. in other religions, it's up to 16%. But boy, we, we really got a bad reputation among the world. So what should we do about it? Well, as I viewed this, I, you know, stuff made me think, you know, you're dealing with uh, also Christian churches. For instance, take the Methodists. They're split on on gay clergy and, and rightfully uh, women preachers and things like this. And you've got other denominations. And we've, we've discussed this earlier about... Uh, the false doctrine that comes out of some of these these churches. So, I think those aren't factored factored in to to the survey. Yes, uh, last night I did Lenten service at with four congregations, and I told them about this and said that you know you Christians are likely described as being hypocritical, judgmental, and self-righteous. And then I looked at them and I said, you know what's interesting? They're absolutely correct. <laughs> Every one of you are hypocritical, judgmental, and self-righteous. What do we call that? Uh, a sinner. Yes. It's a sin. And these Christians in our congregations, what do we confess every sin, uh, Sunday? A lot of times in the confession of sins, we are poor, miserable sinners yeah. deserving nothing but what? Eternal death and punishment. Yes, yeah, temporal and eternal death. Yeah. So you know, what is the, the Episcopalian the, Church trying to do here? They are totally out of sorts with true Christianity. Well, are you are you saying then that a requirement of, of being of being a church member is you got to be a sinner? It's a requirement of being a human being. Christian oh, or non-Christian. Ah, yes. The the natural man born into to sin. Yes. And we don't need to listen to unbelievers to see how we look in their eyes. We only need to listen to Jesus. And what does Jesus say? All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So the Episcopalians are very, very liberal, and they don't really believe Jesus as the Bible says it. In, in fact, from the poll, it was very interesting that they considered Christians to be more like Jesus if they were feeding the poor or being... Uh, about judge justice and this sort of thing. And yesterday we were going over the church in Sardis. 
That's chapter 3 of Revelation. They were a really lively church. They had meetings every night, uh, and they were very active in the city of Sardis, and the people loved them. Why? Because, as Jesus said, their works were dead. They were doing things that made them have a good reputation, but they weren't doing the things of the church. They weren't telling people the law to explain to them that you're all sinners in need of a savior. And so people loved them. And one of the things that they said about that church, why Jesus did not appreciate it much, it was one of the most non-judgmental churches in Asia Minor at the time. And they were not watching themselves and ended up getting conquered twice because they were not watching. That's uh, pretty stiff. It, it kind of reminds me that as I read through the survey, and as you said, do we do soup kitchens? Do we reach out to and take care of the poor and things like this, which are not bad works, but... Uh, it's not the essence of Christianity. Right. The essence of Christianity is trust in, in the promises of Christ who, who shed his blood for us on the cross. And one of the reasons why we celebrate Lent and Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, and Easter. He says this Episcopal bishop showing how little he knows of theology Closing the gap between people's perception of Jesus and their perception of his followers will take a new reformation, one that includes not only representing a Christianity that he believes looks more like Jesus to the rest of the world, but also better formation of Christians around Jesus' teachings and way of life. Well, then, why did Jesus die on the cross if we're able to form ourselves to be around Jesus' teachings and way of life? There's no need for the forgiveness of sins. And this bishop says the church has got a lot more to do, which is a good thing. No, the church has nothing to do except express the wonderful proclamation that Jesus died for hypocrites, and for those who are great sinners in his eyes. It kind of reminds you of Ephesians 2, where uh, Ephesians 2.10, for we are the workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good work, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. That is first the faith, that is established through through the Word of God or, or, or through faith in Christ, and then come the good works. They got it all backwards in, in the survey. Yes. In, in fact, uh, they go on in this survey, what messages did Christian respondents believe were most important to receive from religious institutions? The most popular answer, which is 26%, was the message of Jesus as Savior. 
So 75%, they did not think that was that important. And further down the list were messages like helping others in need, 13%, and pursuing God's justice and peace, 6%. And of course, what they mean by justice isn't what Jesus means by justice. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it goes back to to what we said earlier, that um, when we come to church, we we make confession of our sins, that we're a poor, miserable sinner. And it's it's in view of the world of what the world thinks is sin and not sin. And we see that clearly in the the LGBTQ uh, arena where they like to say that they were born that way. And and God views it not as a sin. Yes. You're you're talking about the gay community. Yes. And also those who are murdering their children in the womb because they've got Mm. some other desire. Now, uh, I'll tell you, there's no doubt about it that we as Christians love all people. What we hate are their lifestyle, which are contrary to the will of God. And the reason we hate them, that the lifestyle, is because of the negative repercussions that occur when you disobey God's commandments. Yeah, uh, well said. I mean, it really gets to the point uh, that all sinners, regardless, we view ourselves as sinners, you know, that uh, we have sinned against God in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and what we have left undone. And it it is uh, important to realize that at the beginning of our service, we call all all ourselves to, to the throne of God and confess our sins and whatever they may be in thought, word, and deed. So we're not picking out one class of society or not, but all of us are sinners. Yes, in the article by the Episcopal Bishop, he says, non-Christians are also far more likely to say Christians do not represent the teachings of Jesus. Now let's stop and think about that statement for a minute. These are non-Christians saying we don't represent the teachings of Jesus, if they're non-Christians, they don't even believe the teachings of Jesus. <laughs> so, of course, we don't represent what they believe. <laughs> I found that kind of, kind of, that's why I, I wrote that uh, on a sheet of paper, what man believes and what God God says through his holy scriptures, they're not uh, putting scripture first as the way of God. They're putting what, what man thinks in there. This kind of goes back to the uh, uh, higher critical days of Missouri when we went through that trouble. Yep. Well, I, I said in the sermons last night I was preaching and I want to see your reaction to this, is that as we Christians share the message of Jesus Christ, we ought to be considered 
as being offensive? Yeah, of course we're we're offensive. Why? (laughs) Because, Because we say that Jesus is the only way to heaven, and they're looking at us saying, the things that we do in our religion doesn't count for something. And the answer is no, it counts for nothing. Nothing. And we're also offensive to people when we use the law to convict them of their sin, and they'll come back and say, who are you to judge me? And see, that's where we get a judgment against Christians. In Mm. fact, I don't know about you, but at all instruction it wasn't at all unusual to have 15 to 20 people in the class, and none of them were Lutheran. And when we met them, they were all offended by Lutheran theology. Oh, and, and if they stuck, and if they stuck with your instruction, yes, where where did they they uh, find that? There, there is a way out, God's way. They found a, a way out through the cross of Christ. I uh, always saw it exactly, and I saw it when when we got into the second article of the Apostles' Creed, which talks about Christ as Redeemer and Savior. You could yes. just see on some of them like a weight had been lifted off their shoulders. Well, the one area that really the weight is lifted off is in the third article where I did not make a choice to have faith, but I came to faith totally by the work and grace of the Holy Spirit. Spirit, Here's these people who three or four times had invited Christ into their heart and they were never sure he was there. And to hear, therefore, that yes, If you desire Christ, he's already in your heart, and there's nothing you need to do. What a burden was lifted off of them. See, that's what confirmation is all about, is lifting the offensiveness that they think is found in Christianity and replacing it with the comfort of the message of the gospel. It is a wonderful thing to know to know that there's nothing I could do, that Jesus did it all for me. And that's just a a wondrous thought. I mean, you you go to the Lenten and and you hear, as you read through the Lenten series of lessons, where Jesus from the cross says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And then they were coming before the cross and saying, he saved others. Why doesn't he save himself? And they mocked him. That that stuff all comes after he says that. Yes. In fact, this bishop comes very close to idolatry when he says, the denomination wants to open a conversation and dialogue, and Christians need to learn to listen. Well, actually, he's saying God needs to learn to listen because we're just expressing what God says. So God is the problem in this Episcopalian bishop's view who is not very theologically adept at all. Uh, Yeah, that's really precisely to the point. I mean, uh, I look at that and and I say, one of the reasons why I picked up this and going, 
Yeah, Christians are hypocrites. What should they mean? be? I, I can remember one lady that, that came into the parish, and she was trying to bring her husband along, wouldn't speak to him, and he says, and he says, I'd be sitting there being a hypocrite because of my many sins. And she says, well, just move over and join us. We're the same. Yes. You, you know, we will not have a person who belongs to one of the animal masonry lodges become a Christian because they have a different religion. And I was in a class teaching it, and the man was a lodge member. And when he heard that the lodge he was a member of was a different religion than we expected him to be, he stopped coming to adult instruction. He was offended because of what we had said. And I, I'd like to ask this Episcopalian bishop, when's the last time you ever said to one of your members, get thee behind me, Satan? <laughs> I wondered if we were going to bring that up about Peter. Uh, well, it wasn't only hey. Peter. It was all the disciples. Remember, they right. didn't want Jesus to de be dealing with that woman who was sick, and then they didn't want him to be around children and were telling them to go away. And Jesus had to reprimand his disciples again and again and again. And they thought he was quite judgmental. Well, that's part mm -hmm. of Christianity. But that judgmental view goes away when you recognize that it is really from a loving heart that that judgment is made. You see, if we really hated people who are living lives of immorality, we would never say anything to them. Because if we hated them, well, it'd be nice if they would go to hell. But we don't want them to go to hell because Jesus died on the cross for them. And so as a loving action to talk to people about their sins, so they may repent of them and believe in the Lord Jesus for the forgiveness of sins, because he loves them as much as he loved us, who are great sinners and confess that sin all the time, that we are uh, hypocrites. You should have seen the faces on the congregation when I said every one of you is a hypocrite. <laughs> <laughs> I can admit, well imagine. And as you speak, you know, and talk about the disciples and how judgmental they were and how they tried to refute. That was before the cross and the resurrection, after the cross and sacrifice of Christ and the resurrection. He sat went down and began to explain to them the scriptures, which means he was going through the whole Old Testament, how all these things needed to be done. And that changed their attitude and, and how they perceived the world around them. But they continued to sin. And the example I would give you, why did Paul reprimand Peter after the resurrection? Uh, because he was trying to uh, hold on to some of the Jewish customs. Yes, he refused to eat with the Gentiles when the Jews from Jerusalem showed up. And... Paul told him that he was denying the cross of Christ. And this was Peter, the so-called first pope of the Roman Catholic Church. 
And so it's it's not at all surprising to see the direction the Roman Catholic Church is falling into now. What with, as you mentioned last week, bishops in Germany, was it, that are conducting same-sex marriages? Marriage. Yeah, and you bring up an important point, you know, the direction of of those that, that follow Christ. Are they following him according to their moral theology of how they should interpret the scriptures? Or are they looking at just the way Jesus interpreted and the way Jesus taught and, and put the way of the cross for us? Exactly. So the next time you are in a worship service, we can tell our listening audience, and you hear, I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess unto thee all my sins and iniquities, that's saying to the world that we are not perfect, that we are sinners, and apart from the wonderful mercy and grace of Jesus Christ, none of us would be going to heaven. And we're not going to heaven because any good works or because anything that we have done uh, for the poor, etc., we're going to heaven because we trust the promises of the gospel. And what is the gospel? The gospel is Jesus Christ gave his life for all. Exactly. And the promises that he made from the cross and after his resurrection and many promises he made even before his death and resurrection. So, once more, uh, a good article that you found where the Episcopalian bishop doesn't even understand Christianity and pretends that the world has a better view of Christians than does God. Really sad. Okay. That takes care of our program for today. Thank you, Wes Reimnitz, for helping out. Now, maybe some of you have a question about what we said today. You can email me at lawandgospel at lawandgospel101.com. And we will reply to your email on tomorrow's Law and Gospel. Until then... From Pastor Wes and myself, God bless you. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check out to Law & Gospel and mail to Law & Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132, or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod.